delaying the decision without a process to make the decision does not actually lead to a better decision. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work that you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into grant-funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you have been to every career development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face. If you are working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first. If you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working nights and weekends on the projects you care most about. I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help early career women of color faculty in academic medicine, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, my six-month comprehensive high-performance coaching program for high-achieving early career women of color faculty in academic medicine who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good, so you lead your career with clarity and confidence. We teach you productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time, abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you to build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. Yes, this future is possible for you, and it's waiting on you to make the first step. If you're ready for career success without sacrifice, I encourage you to book a coaching consult call today by visiting kemidole.com backslash grant. After you book your call, you will complete an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you work so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that you just don't have what it takes. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to up-level your experience and your impact. Book a coaching consult today to get your career foundation score. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant 
to book your call. Hi, friends. This week, we are going to talk about decisions, specifically making career decisions around all of those quote opportunities that come our way as junior faculty and beyond, because they definitely never go anywhere. Um, There will always be more decisions. There will always be more opportunities. And I want to talk about two pieces of advice that certainly I heard over and over and over again. I want to break them down a little bit and offer you a path forward for making what I'm calling high quality decisions. So the first piece of advice is just say no and blame your mentor. Now, this does sound a little bit like what I was talking about in 10 Lies of Academic Medicine in the first podcast episode, which side note, if you haven't listened to what are you doing with your life, you need to pause this right now and go back and listen to that episode. And it is, it is resonant with that lie around, you know, the idea that with opportunities, you either have to say no to everything or you have to say yes early and often. Um, But this is taking it in a little bit of a different direction because I want to actually get, I want to talk about that aspect, but talk about a little bit on a deeper level and talk about the how, right? How do we move past those two extremes, right? Just say no or always say yes. So I think that in a lot of ways, the way that advice is practically given is either one, to just say no and blame your mentor, or two, to never say yes right away and to ask to think about it and follow up later. So let's break those down. So first of all, both of these I think are terrible. (laughs) So I'm just going to tell you that off the bat. Uh, Probably unsurprising if you've been listening to this podcast for long enough. So first one, just say no and blame your mentor. This is so problematic. And let me just tell you why I think it is. So one, it's way too simple. It's way too simple. I mean, it's there's so many assumptions wrapped up in that idea that you can say no, like it doesn't even clarify if you want to do it or not. It doesn't clarify whether you and your mentor are actually on the same page on your career goals and how they should be executed. And even like great mentor relationships are not going to be aligned like that 100%. So In that scenario, it is too simple. It also doesn't get into the issue of the importance of actually establishing your voice and your agency as a junior faculty member so that there is a fine line between saying no and blaming your mentor and essentially continuing to appear or to present yourself as a trainee who can't make decisions for themselves. So That's why I think like it's just way too simple. It's not nuanced enough for the kinds of decisions that we are actually making, especially in those precious early years when we're trying to build our career. Number two, another reason why I don't like that, just say no and blame your mentor, is that it doesn't take into account when it's your mentor who's asking you to do an opportunity or to take something else on. Hello. So it's obsolete in that scenario. And I would add, you know, the same thing if it's, if it's your direct leader, right? Or your, or somebody who is otherwise very supportive and for your career, but is asking you to do something you don't want to do. So it doesn't work then. And I mean, the last reason why just say no and blame your mentor is no good is really that it does shut down the skill that we actually need to develop, which is how to make high quality decisions in our careers. So no. I mean, that is why I'm, I'm offering to you that there's a better way. So the second piece of advice uh, that I think we get a lot, I mentioned, is never say yes right away. Ask to think about it and follow up later. Okay. And this is actually the focus of this podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this and go in deeper. 
because this sounds really great, right? It's like, and I agreed, like, don't say yes right away. And so this is a little aside, but especially with things that really matter, those should not be little curbside conversations right before or after a meeting. You know, those, those should not be things that happen because you're in line at the cafeteria and your mentor comes through or a leader comes through and it's like, Oh, Hey, remember that thing? And then all of a sudden you're having a conversation that you're not prepared for. So in the world of never say yes right away, another part of that is learning how to establish boundaries to be able to prepare and protect important conversations. So you can be thoughtful about how you show up to those conversations. You can be present for them and you can understand your particular goals around that conversation. And oh, so many times I see people truly like blindsided by, you know, whether it's a casual atmosphere in your micro environment, you know, in your division or department or a casual relationship that you might have um, with somebody who is still in a position of power of you who get into these like very unplanned conversations that can feel spontaneous, but ultimately have decisions that are, have huge ramifications. Okay. So that just goes into the never say yes right away. Please don't do that. If that happens to you, for those of you who are listening and going, okay, but how? If that happens to you, what you say in the moment is you say, oh yeah, that is something that's really important. I'm not ready to talk about this right now, but definitely want to follow up with you about it. And I'll send you an email to make sure we can schedule time. That's what you say. And then you literally leave. (laughs) I'm not kidding. You walk away. Okay. Back to the episode. So don't say yes right away. However, I thought that this sounded great. So like I latched onto this and I latched onto this advice. And like my first couple of years, let me tell you, I was like ducking opportunities and decisions left and right with the like, I'll get back to you soon. Like since somebody sends me an email, thank you so much. I'll get back to you by the end of the week. Somebody asked me something verbally. Oh, thanks. I'll get back to you. So I was, I was very good at this. I was like, great. I'm never going to say yes right away. I'm going to ask to think about it. And I'm going to follow up later. And then like so many of these like very pithy pieces of advice we get, there's a gaping hole in what happens next, the actual how of it. And that's when I realized that delaying the decision without a process to make the decision does not actually lead to a better decision. Without a process, we actually fall into a couple of common scenarios. So one, we crowdsource it. So we have delayed the decision. And so then we just start asking everybody what they would do. So everyone gets an opinion. And then what do we do? We go with whoever's loudest, who has the most power in our spheres, or frankly, even just the biggest personality, or we just avoid choosing at all. And so we basically wait for the decision to be made for us, either directly or indirectly. There's a moment where you have an active choice to make a decision but you can also just never respond, right? Just not engage. And ultimately the decision gets made for you because somebody else jumps in or, you know, it just gets to the point where it's too late to change course. So you haven't actively moved forward and made an empowered choice for yourself. And let me tell y'all crowdsourcing or avoiding decisions. Neither of those are CEO type behaviors. Neither of those are leading yourself in your career, right? That's not what we came here to do. We did not come here to continue to be cogs in a wheel. We didn't come here to abdicate the role of leadership of our own careers. So I want to offer to you a different way, a third way, what I think is a great way to make high quality decisions in your career. And that is what we're going to talk about for the back half of this episode. Okay. So first, 
I want you to know and recognize the common emotions that are often communicated alongside any of these like offers or quote opportunities, right? Because in academic medicine, I actually think we're terrible at recognizing this and our institutional cultures reinforce the blurring of these lines. And what am I talking about? I'm going to just go through some very concrete examples. So you understand what I mean? So when I say common emotions, this is what they are. And this is how they sound. One really common emotion that is communicated alongside a quote opportunity is urgency and pressure. That sounds like, well, this is a prime opportunity and seems important for you to consider now because it may not be there in the future. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. Another common emotion and how it sounds is obligation. This sounds like, well, the ask did come from insert VIP person. Well, I understand, but it was XYZ who's asking us to do it. So dot, dot, dot. Third common emotion, what I call gratitude, but really it's obligatory gratitude. So it's kind of a flavor of the second one. And this sounds like, well, this is something you should do because they did XYZ thing for you. Okay. So I want you to recognize these urgency, obligation, or gratitude. And it's not about not feeling them. It's not about that. It's actually about using these emotions as a cue to pause. Because when you are feeling pressure, urgency, when you are feeling obligation, when you are feeling gratitude as a driver of your decision, that means that you have work to do. Because these emotions are one powerful and they usually obscure the facts that you need to make your decision. So the first thing you need to do is know and recognize these common emotions that are communicated alongside the quote unquote opportunity. But the second thing that you need to do is you need to identify the actual facts to make the decision. So facts and what they are, these are examples of facts. This is amazing how much we get this confused, right? So let's be clear. Fact, a clear job description and a detail of the offer or the job. Another example, a clear expression of the time commitment of the opportunity and expectations of success. What is the definition of a job well done on this quote, opportunity or offer? What is the power structure of who is in charge of this opportunity or of judging whether the job is well done and how it's done? And what is the funding or other resources that are available to support this work in this offer or opportunity? Okay. Those are facts. All of those are concrete facts that you can find out. And I point them out because the frequency with which we will perseverate over a decision that's big or small without that information, without those facts is way too common. And what's true is that we can't actually make a high quality decision without the facts, period. You can make a decision without the facts, but it's not a high quality one, not in my mind. So the third step in making a high quality decision is then once you've identified and clarified the emotion that is coming along with it, once you've extracted out the actual facts, is that you take those facts and then you make them stand up against your personal career goals. And so I coach my clients to always bring it back to the four foundations. One, how does this align with your unique academic value? Two, what is the impact of this choice on your micro environment? 
three, how does this enhance or detract from your grant getting strategy for those who are oriented towards grants or your career progress strategy? And then four, what are the implications for your one-year goals and your three-year plans? And the answer to those questions, that's when you now get to crowdsource for information. So it's not that you never take into account other people's thoughts or expertise or information. It's not that. But you do that after you've clarified, one, what emotions might be obscuring things, and then two, what the facts are. And then you can go deeper on those facts, get more information to clarify how they match up with what you are trying to do. Now is when you go talk to people who may have had the same opportunity or offer before, and you try to talk to people who've both said yes and who said no to understand better what their experience was, really a little bit less about how they made the decision, but a little bit more about what their experience was. You find out details about the structure and schedule potentially, you know, and maybe from administrative staff, maybe from other people, not necessarily the person that's making you the offer. Like I call this summoning your inner inspector gadget. <laughs> like you are just a fact-finding machine. You're doing your research. You're staying curious. And most importantly, you're staying in charge because as you're going to get information, that is all it is. You're filtering through information. You're not worrying about any of the emotion or any of the other stuff that's coming in because what you're trying to do is make the best decision for yourself in your career. And so ultimately a high quality decision in the way I'm using that phrase is an informed one. And it's informed not by blinding urgency, not by obligation and or gratitude, but by facts and a personal clarity on where you are going with your career. And that's why a high quality decision can be a yes or a no. That's why that advice about say no to everything or say yes early and often, that's why it's so terrible, right? A high quality decision can be a yes or a no. And it's also why the most qualified person to make that call is you. It's you. No more abdicating, no more crowdsourcing, no more avoiding. Yes, you are going to take in information, but you are going to take it in from a place of clarity of what you're trying to do. So then you get to match up the opportunity with what it is you're trying to do. Ultimately, this is about not playing small, (laughs) ultimately, because when you transition to this way of thinking about decisions in the form of opportunities, but honestly, all of them, what you are doing is that you are choosing to exercise your own self-leadership skills. You're choosing to take in information and then make clear judgments that are aligned with your value and the vision and the goals you're trying to have in your career. And then you're choosing to bet on yourself and see what happens. And my friends, I just want to remind you that is literally why we are here to bet on ourselves, to create new ideas, to do new things, to contribute in meaningful and amazing ways. No more playing small. All right. Love y'all. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I appreciate your time as I know it's so valuable. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you feel energized to go out and claim your unapologetic career. See you soon.